Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock Nigel, Jason Hammer over there. Great work by the IMPD uh, arresting a suspect for their alleged involvement in a homicide that happened outside Lucas Oil Stadium on Monday night. Didn't take long. Loved to see that. Um, lots of unanswered questions. I believe the victim was either working inside Lucas Oil or inside the convention center. Um, was this a targeted attack? Was this random? So still lots of unanswered questions, but um, good on IMPD. PD for immediately finding uh, this suspect and arresting him. I know some folks were working to get the Lucas Oil Stadium area for the next convention because there's a convention going on right now. I think it's like work trucks convention. And some buddies of mine had posted on social media they were helping load dirt in and out of Lucas Oil Stadium. So imagine you're one of these contractors to come to Indianapolis and help set up Lucas Oil Stadium, help set up the convention center, and the first thing you see is that police have blocked off the street because there's a body yeah. laying right outside well, the stadium. And not only that, the victim and, 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 you know, going to work and being at work and then walking outside and being gunned down. I, you know, sympathies to, to his family for sure. I don't know what the circumstances were. We don't know if the assailant knew the victim. Again, lots of unanswered questions. Right. But uh, uh, unbelievable work by the IMPD to immediately make an arrest. I just hate that these things are happening, one, at all, but two, in the high-profile, please spend money in our city parts of Indianapolis. You expect, whether you like it or not, you expect to hear about some murders in various parts of town. On the east side, on the west side, you'll get some action on the south side, but you don't want to see it especially where people are coming into your city trying to spend money and have a good time. Because let's be honest, murders happen in cities all across the country. Murders happen in New York. But I don't think very often you see people gunned down right there on Times Square. Murders happen in Las Vegas. But very rarely do you see somebody gunned down in front of the Bellagio fountain. Do you see somebody gunned down outside of a high school at 815 on the east side when a basketball game is going on like what happened last night at uh, Howe? High school. Now, the encouraging thing, you know, I say encourage, I mean, it's a, a tragedy. It's a tragic situation would happen, but, you know, there are witnesses. People saw what happened, and they have a person of interest and witnesses stuck around to talk to police. So, you know, that's something we always talk about on the show how the police, it's a problem sometimes because witnesses don't want to speak out. And I get it. Oh, sure. I totally get it. Uh, because if you have very little faith in the prosecutor and very little faith in the leaders of this city, then why would you talk to the police? Because you know in the back of your mind you're going to see that person again you just ratted out. They're going to be back out on the streets the next day after a finger wagging and hit with a GPS monitoring device. That's all they're going to get. So lots of work to do. I mean, Irvington, downtown, Howe High School, it's, it's 
I'm glad, and you know, I also commented yesterday. It's like sometimes we never get a follow up on this. We never find out what exactly happened or what the circumstances were, even if there was a suspect. Um, Jessica Whitter, Whitaker, uh, gunned down at the canal, still uh, is unsolved, as far as I know. Um, th- that still has remained unsolved. We haven't found the guy that did the mass shooting, didn't kill anybody, fortunately, but by on stake and, by stake and shake on Illinois uh, a, a couple of years ago. Right. That's frustrating when you don't have those kinds of answers. I can imagine what it's like for the families of the victims of those cases. More fallout from Tucker Carlson showing you video that folks didn't want you to see because apparently that's a bad thing transparency is a bad thing for some folks uh representative benny thompson he's a democrat uh (laughs) he's denied ever editing the video while serving as the chairman for the january 6th select committee so keep in mind what this guy's trying to tell you here tucker carlson has bunched up panties from coast to coast (laughs) because he showed you stuff that the January 6th committee omitted, right? Things they did not want you to see because it hurt their narrative. Well, the chairman of the January 6th committee is coming out saying, we never deceptively edited anything. You might not have deceptively edited anything, yeah. but you sure as hell didn't show us everything. Exactly. I mean, there's a reason why they didn't want us to see the footage that was later given to Tucker Carlson by the Speaker of the House. There's a reason why, and you mentioned it just a second ago. It destroys narrative. And it's not just Democrats, though. There are some Republicans. Oh, yeah. There are some swamp monster establishment Republicans that hate Tucker Carlson showing you what you're not supposed to see. And the biggest swamp in the monster, the Loch Ness monster of the swamp, <laughs> is Cocaine Mitch. It was a mistake, in my view, for Fox News to depict this in a way that's completely at variance with what our chief law enforcement official here at the Capitol thinks. Nothing to see here, according to Mitch McConnell. Now, why would Republicans say things like this? Well, look at the type of Republicans that are saying it. These aren't Freedom Caucus folks. These aren't folks that want all transparency, absolute free speech, absolutists. No, 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 no. These are swamp monsters that feel like anytime you talk about January 6th, yep. it's bad for business. So it's political. It's bad to let the um, the, the house moms in the suburbs um, read about this kind of thing. And it's so bad it's, for it's people political. to make their own minds up, apparently. And Mitch McConnell, and he's not the only one. There's a number of them. Tom Tillis of North Carolina. And let's be honest, here in Indiana, Todd Young. He's another one that loves some good old-fashioned establishment play. So keep an eye on these Republicans. You expect to hear this kind of stuff from the Democrats. It's who they are. But keep an eye on these Republicans. Now, Kevin McCarthy, the new House Speaker, he's the one that gave Tucker Carlson all of the video footage for him to look at. He had a little press gaggle yesterday. wasn't really an official press conference. He just walked out, and all the reporters kind of surrounded him. And one of the reporters asked if he regrets giving Tucker Carlson those tapes. 
the footage that you gave Tucker Carlson last night. He went on and said this was a mostly peaceful chaos, as he said. He downplayed Brian Sicknick's death, said it was not related to January 6th, that this was not it an insurrection. Do you regret giving him this footage so he could whitewash the events of that day? No. Um, I, I said at the very beginning, transparency. And so what I wanted to produce for everybody is exactly what I said, that people could actually look at it and see what's gone on that day. And listen to the way some of these questions oh, or framed. Yeah, are being yeah, framed. Just, yeah, I mean, uh, Brian Sicknick, no police died on January 6th. Are you okay with whitewashing what happened on January 6th? Is that 6th? what he was doing? Because I believe the January 6th committee was doing the complete opposite. And there certainly wasn't an insurrection. You'll never get me to believe that. Uh, the 2020 riots uh, in cities all across the United States were much more harmful, much more detrimental, and much more deadlier than whatever happened there for a few hours by a couple of hundred lunatics. So Kevin McCarthy was then asked in his little press gaggle if turning over all of these hours of video to Tucker Carlson was part of a deal that he had made with folks like Matt Gates and Lauren Boebert to get the speaker job. Was this in any way part of the deal that you made to no. win the speakership no. to specifically give the content to no, the, the answer, Tucker? No, the answer is no. And if, uh, if you follow, I'm not sure if you were there the times before, I got asked the question. Uh, in a press, what I would do in the process. I've watched on January 6th committee how it was only politically driven. On the January 6th committee, you couldn't open up the minority side. wasn't allowed to put people on. Um, and I just thought it was fair if someone asked me a question. Just transparency. So what I tried to do is be able to release the information, which we'll do to everybody. I worked with the Capitol Police. I asked them for any clips on the way that they had concern with the security level. Only one of the clips did, and we were able to change that. An interesting thing the Capitol Police told us when we went through this is that January 6th never asked them about that, the security. So the January 6th committee isn't even asking the Capitol Police for all of the information that they have. That tells you everything you need to know about the January 6th committee right there. Plus the fact there was no opposition. There were no true Republicans on the panel. There was no cross-examination of witnesses. There was no witnesses for the quote-unquote defense or the other side. And it was all just hype. It was theater. It was an attempt to smear, uh, and not only the president, the former president of the United States, number forty-five, but uh, the, his voters as well. Now let's go back to reporters framing questions, because KJP, Karine Jean Pierre, <laughs> she had a press conference yesterday, and I want you to listen to the way this reporter frames the question. Tucker Carlson cherry-picked video surveillance from the January 6th insurrection, severely downplaying the events of that day. Uh, he said the mob was orderly and meek and that they were tourists instead of insurrectionists. What's your response to Carlson and to Speaker Kevin McCarthy, who granted him access to that video? Um, anybody who watched that video would strongly degree, disagree. Anybody who watched that video uh, in a with their own eyes in a real way and saw what happened on that day would would disagree with what was just stated. Um, the president has been very clear. January 6th was the worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. <laughs> We're still doing this. Wow. We're still saying wow. this. That's so insulting 
to people who lost loved ones on 9-11 or even Pearl Harbor. Like, think about some of the horrible things that have happened in this country. Presidents have been assassinated. A federal building was blown up in Oklahoma City. But yet, they're still going to say that what happened on January 6th, where a dork in a Viking helmet ran through the halls, (laughs) was the biggest threat to our democracy. Yeah, that wasn't a. I mean, that reporter didn't have an agenda that asked that question, did he? Tucker Wait, he... Carlson was cherry picking. <laughs> How do you know? Were you in the room with Tucker Carlson when he was looking at the video? Seems to me like the January 6th committee did an awful lot of cherry picking as well. Oh, 100%. Josh Hawley just said testify. <laughs> yeah. You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show. Okay, so we're protesting Top Gun Maverick. We are? Nominated for Best Picture this weekend at the Oscars. It's a pretty uh, pro-America movie. Well, a Ukrainian group is protesting Top Gun. Uh, They sent a letter to the Academy Awards asking it to pull the film's nomination and condemn Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Oh, okay. Here's why. Earlier this year, it was reported that a Russian billionaire helped fund Top Gun, Maverick, and other films from Paramount. He's the George Soros of Hollywood, apparently. <laughs> including, yeah, like he funded uh, Top Gun, he f- funded Mission Impossible franchises, and for that sin, uh, he is. Uh, they are now asking for uh, the Oscars to pull the Top Gun nomination. I don't know anything about this billionaire. Uh, but but we're now having to boycott Top Gun because one of the investors was a Russian. I don't think I'm going to be taking part in that, Nige. You know me, I'm not necessarily a boycott kind of guy. I'm not a protest guy. I had no idea who the backers were of this movie when I watched it. Right, and I looked at the name. I can't pronounce Dimitri is his first name. And, it, and as far as I could tell, he doesn't, I mean, he's an oligarch, it looks like. Uh, I, I don't think he has any connection or close ties to Putin, but he, he, you know, he, even if that was the case, I mean, we're, we're already giving Ukraine billions and billions of dollars and military hardware. <laughs> Is and, that not and, enough? And human aid. Now we have to. Now, in addition to that, we have to. We have to protest Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> Wouldn't you love to see Biden come out? Now listen here, pal. <laughs> we'll, we'll give you all the billions. But we're not giving up Top Gun Maverick. (laughs) And he's got the aviators on. He's got a jacket. And he walks up the stairs and falls down. That'd be his proudest moment, wouldn't it? (laughs) We'll give you whatever you want, but no protests against Maverick. Uh, That would be hilarious. I asked you this the other day when we were on uh, Wish TV, doing our daily Wish TV hit. Better movie, Top Gun Maverick or original Top Gun? Um, I would say Top Gun Maverick, and that does not, that's not to say I don't like the original Top Gun, or, th- or thought at the time it was, it was awesome, but I look back at Top Gun, the original, and there was just some cheesy, kind of, like a lot of locker room scenes with guys in towels, and like, <laughs> and like they're getting in each other's faces, and like close talkers. 
Right. They're like Ice and Maverick, and they're shirtless, and they're wet, and they're sweaty, and they're just like in each other's fa- I don't know, just some cheesy moments. Um, I'd like, I just thought Top Gun Maverick was much more obviously modern day, and the, the, the special effects, and the fact that they were flying real planes. I talked, I think you were on vacation when I talked to the, the guy that was heading up um, the, the pilot that did all the stunt coordinating for Top Gun. Really impressive stuff. So you're telling me that all these years you were growing up in Liston, you never got your buddies together, put on jeans and played volleyball <laughs> outside in 105 degrees. That never happened. Yeah, I mean, at least there were chicks involved in that <laughs> similar scene in Top Gun Maverick when they were playing football in the beach. You know, right? No, we never we never put on tight denim Levi's and started knocking around the volleyball. <laughs> so uh, we have a gym here in our building. You you and Rob Kendall have never gone face no. to face down there in the locker room, and uh, after a shower, right? Only wearing your... towels, being like inches from each other's face—that's never happened before. Like that, like when Iceman, when Val Kilmer's character kind of like bites at Tom, like does this. Like I am dangerous. Kinda, yeah, I am dangerous. <laughs> and they, then, then I, he, he bites at him. I can't describe what it, I mean. Just look it up on YouTube. Like an it's, air it's bite. Weird, it's weird. <laughs> like at that point in the movie, if you're Maverick, if you're Tom Cruise's character, would the movie lose a little bit of its mojo if he just looked at him? You're a weirdo. <laughs> and turns around, walks or, out. Or better yet, after he does the air bite, Tom Cruise just looks at him and just kind of gently gives him a kiss on the cheek. <laughs> 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 That's really emasculating him. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That'll really make it look stupid. A kiss on the cheek in the locker room. Hit us up at Hammer and <laughs> Nigel. We got a lot of things going on, but better movie. Top Gun original, 1986, Highway to the Danger Zone, or the remake, Top Gun Maverick. Made like a billion kajillion dollars this past year. Better movie, the original or Top Gun Maverick at Hammer and Nigel. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. When St. Jude opened in 1962, childhood cancer was considered incurable. Since then, St. Jude has helped push the overall survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. St. Jude won't stop until no child dies from cancer. Join me today in supporting St. Jude by calling 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 to become a partner in hope. Your gift to St. Jude could last a lifetime. My name is Nigel Hammers here. Casey Daniels from the Kendall and Casey Show here for the side piece. Casey, how are you? I'm good. How about you guys? Um, the reaction has been almost I mean, laughable for the January 6th videos that were released to Tucker Carlson by House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. I'm wondering what you thought. Like, I, like I looked at those, that footage, and it kind of confirmed what I already knew was that this wasn't an insurrection Mm -hmm. i mean there was definitely violence but there was there was this was not what it was advertised to be on the january 6th 
committee. What do you think? We're not diving deep into the waters of conspiracy and cherry picking. No. That's what Chuck Schumer said. You know uh, what? It looked to me like a lot of people walking around the people's building. Some, in fact, getting tours and doors being opened by police officers and checked to see where they could go. So, no, not a, a violent attack on our democracy. And if anybody was cherry picking, I mean, they, the January 6th committee was cherry picking. Schumer and Pelosi are cherry picking. Cherry picking the videos that yeah. they showed to America and right. what the January 6th committee wanted to show the narrative there. Right. So what are you saying? They're not being completely transparent? Well, I'm shocked. What? This is my shocked face My here. shocked face. Like, if you want to find an insurrection, mm-hmm. look at the summer of 2020. Mm-hmm. How many police stations had Molotov cocktails thrown in mm. or set on fire? You saw this in Portland. You saw this in places all over the country. Mm-hmm. Things are way more violent in big cities across this country every single night mm-hmm. than what happened on January 6th. Yeah, and where are the investigations into that? Well, the one thing that is driving me crazy is you keep hearing this phrase, attack on our democracy. Okay, yes. what exactly is an attack on our democracy? Is it censoring what people can say on social media? Is it not properly counting votes? Is it delaying news stories to affect an election? Exactly. Is it ballot harvesting? Is it the open border where millions of gotaways yes. have entered into this country illegally? Yeah. That's a threat to democracy which I believe, in my opinion, is a term that's been watered down. Mm -hmm. I agree completely. And And let's be honest here. The guy that's dressed like the Viking, Mm -hmm. the Chewbacca guy, the shaman, (laughs) whatever you want to call him, are we expected to believe that the nation with the world's largest military Mm -hmm. is about to be brought down by that guy? By that guy. That guy was the threat to our democracy. With a painted face and an American flag. This is a country that, you know, got through Pearl Harbor, Mm -hmm. got through presidents being assassinated, Mm -hmm. got through 9-11, mm-hmm. but the shaman was going to be the one that brought us all down. That's what we're supposed to believe. Well, and that's the other thing is they keep saying that this is the biggest attack on our democracy since the Civil War. Oh. Okay, and then you mention it. What about Pearl Harbor? What about 9-11? And then we're told that it's the number one goal of the congressional leaders. And Isn't their number one goal about Americans and keeping us safe like people in Ohio or the border cities like Nigel mentioned? Right. And they argument that I hear from some of these lunatics on social media is, well, this was America on America. 9-11 was outside forces. Mm -hmm. Pearl Harbor was outside. All right, fine. If you want to play that card, let's talk about Oklahoma City, Mm. because that was United States on United States violence. And what Timothy McVeigh Mm -hmm. and his associates did in Oklahoma City on that federal building Mm -hmm. was way more catastrophic than anything that took place on January 6th. And I keep hearing that, we're going to get down to what happened. We're going to get to... Isn't that what the commission was about? And they chose to just represent one side. Even without audio, you can clearly see that this was not as violent of an insurrection as being portrayed. And why do they not want the American people to see this? Like, what's the problem? Because it destroys their narrative. It destroys, they want to paint all Republicans as a Trump crazy MAGA supporters. This was about, the January 6th committee was about uh, uh, smearing Trump so he doesn't so we won't run for president. That's Mm -hmm. all this was. There was no representation on the other side. There was no cross-examining of any witnesses. It was a joke and a sham. Mm -hmm. And these, I think this new footage, Casey, kind of confirms it. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was violence. The whole thing was a scam, though. Play the videos, let us see it, and then let us determine what happened. Don't just force feed it. This is all you need to know about this stuff. They're even lying, when I say they're, a lot of the mainstream media, Mm -hmm. about what Tucker Carlson did the other night. Mm -hmm. They're making it sound like Tucker said it was just a peaceful gathering. Mm -hmm. That's not what he said at all. He said there was a little bit of violence, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't an insurrection. Right. At no point did he say everything was peaceful. And for CBS, of all networks, CBS, to get their panties in a twist here, when they put (laughs) Laura O'Donnell up there on the screen Mm -hmm. and made her say the words, well, the riots of 2020 were mostly peaceful, but mm-hmm. did cost $2 billion worth of damage. <laughs> right. Your credibility is out the window. You lost it at that point. Yeah, totally agree. Casey Daniels is here. It's the side piece. You can hear Casey yeah. every Monday through Friday, 9 to noon on the Kendall and Casey show. I heard you guys talking about the good doctor, Dr. Jill. <laughs> Dr. Jill. You know, she was just here in Indiana this week. She was at Ivy Tech Community College in Valpo. I'm I'm sure giving lots of advice but have you guys noticed that she's ramping up her appearances lately Doesn't she's been she doing some speaking events that joe's not capable of doing yeah well of course she's likes to help him running to his defense all the time i remember uh back in january he was asked a question by reporters and she you know he was asked about the fbi searching his house and he looked flustered and she came in and yeah. intervened and saved yep. him and that's like becoming a thing like where she's coming in. Well, it's about more time and she more. started saving her husband. Where has she been out for the last like three years? <laughs> like letting Joe Biden go out there and just humiliate himself mm-hmm. and trip up the stairs over and over again. At what point do you go full Apollo Creed's trainer and throw the damn towel? <laughs> I, and I feel like Casey. I don't know about you. There's like a little like a, a Fetterman syndrome going on here with mm-hmm. with Joe Biden. It's like it's back and forth here because mm-hmm. their wives are sort of pushing them and protecting them, mm-hmm. and you know Fetterman. Never should have been out on the campaign trail, but because the Democrats wanted that seat mm-hmm. in the Senate, yeah. uh, they they instead of Fetterman getting the rest that he needs, now he can't hear properly, he can't communicate properly. Right. He's in, uh, you know, Walter it, Reed, Walter, yeah, exactly. And I feel like the same thing is happening with Joe Biden. You a know, little bit. when it comes to Fetterman, you you want to blame the Democrat Party for putting him that, in that position, but then you got to wonder where was the wife? But was he arguing? with with her, like, did he know he was sick and he just kept pushing, saying, That's I can do point. it, I can do it, let me do it. And she was like, okay, it's his wish, I'm going to let him do it. But with, you know, Joe Biden, she, and she keeps getting asked, have you guys discussed the competency test? And No, we haven't had that conversation. We know Joe's been asked about it because we play that clip all the time. Test! Why the hell would I take a test? <laughs> right. That's like you saying take a test when you're taking cocaine. <laughs> well, and she was also asked about the uh, FBI searching the house for the classified documents. And she acted like... I don't know what you're talking about. Search documents where? What? Hello? I know you have multiple houses, but you know what's in them. Let's go back to the the wives for just a moment, because I thought you said something really interesting. Okay. For argument's sake, let's just say that Fetterman was like, yes, this is something I want to do. I do want to get out there. Mm -hmm. Let's say that your better half, Mm -hmm. Miss Casey, said, you know what? I'm going to become a UFC fighter. I'm going to go out there and take on (laughs) Conor McGregor. As passionate as he may be Mm -hmm. about it, Mm -hmm. 
Don't you have to say, no, you have to sit this one out? Yeah. I mean, if you exactly. truly loved them and you're looking yes. out for their best interest, yeah, you kind of have to I have that. I still think I can kick Mike Tyson's ass. No. <laughs> no, <laughs> sit you this can't. One out. You're not made for that right now. I mean, yeah, you're right. If they truly cared about them, you'd think that they would, okay, it's a difficult conversation, and I know you don't want to hear this, but right. maybe this isn't the gig for you right now. Got a couple minutes left here, the side piece. Casey Daniels. One of the best radio uh, segments I've heard coming into work uh, this week was when Rob was uh, kind of teasing you or pushing you to talk more about this this, mis- <laughs> this mysterious tattoo that you have. Oh. And you weren't you, oh. weren't you weren't offering up very information. Very, <laughs> it was like I couldn't get out of my car. I was in the garage listening to it. I was going, is she going to talk about it? Is she going to reveal it? You oh, want to know where and what, to do, don't like, you? We need to do some content. You need to do a listener contest where the mm-hmm. winner and the winner only finds out what the tattoo is <laughs> and where it is. Oh, that's so I'll set the betting line because right now it's even money. It's a tramp stamp, <laughs> like tramp stamp, and then maybe something on the inner thigh is like mm-hmm. plus one hundred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I will tell you that you can only see it when I'm in my birthday suit or a bikini. <laughs> Okay. Hey, both of those are still in play. Hey, Hammer and Nigel pool party this year. You're invited. And? Rewrite. Did you write something about uh, tattoos? Yeah, it's uh, permanently inked. This is the most popular tattoo for Hoosiers. Now, the one that you have? No, not the one that I have. (laughs) The one that Hoosiers pick. Please tell me it's a picture of Rob Kendall's face right above your butt. (laughs) Like that's the tat that I. The the tattoo that I have. No, I do not have Rob Kendall's face anywhere on my body. Uh, But the Hoosier's most popular tattoo is a sheep. Huh? Yeah, I know. Isn't that weird? So it's not like a barbed wire. It's not like no. It's not a butterfly. It's not. It's not mother. It's a sheep. It's a sheep. I don't believe you. This is coming from Zippy. I didn't make this up. By the way, Americans spend 1.65 billion dollars annually on tattoos. Uh, You got ink? I do not. I'm a wholesome all-American boy. No ink. No piercings of Mm -hmm. any kind. You are the weirdest thing ever. I'm surprised MTV hasn't put you on yet. (laughs) What about you, Nigel? You got any ink? Absolutely. Nothing, Nothing, huh? No, never. No, not what my little brother Adam does. Mm -hmm. Actually, all three of my brothers do all over their bodies, but I somehow uh, escaped that phase. Uh, Do you know how much people pay for tattoos now? Up to twenty five hundred dollars. That's ridiculous. Crazy. I can't imagine money. That the ink any better than it used to be? No, it's got to be the tattoo. There's some talented tattoo artists out there, though, for sure. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Uh, Butterfly is the most searched tattoo, but here in Indiana, we like. Sheep, apparently. That's, so That's really know, weird. It's so weird. That's so weird. I have so many questions, but By we'll the talk way, about it later. I don't have a sheep tattoo. Okay. Thanks for the clarification. Yep. Casey Daniels, the side piece, the Kendall and Casey show. Thank you. Thanks, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. You set them up and I'll knock them back, Lloyd. One by one. We are going to read booze news because it's really fun. Once it hits your lips, it's so good. Did you ever drink Sunny D when you were a kid, Hammer? Oh, we got some at the house right now. Right now? It's still a thing right now? Yeah, my oldest okay. loves it. Yeah, so uh, Sunny D Vodka Seltzer is oh. here. They've turned everybody's... <laughs> oh! They've re- literally turned everybody's favorite childhood drink into booze. They've, I approve. <laughs> so, uh, I'm here but, for it. And the thing is, a bunch of my buddies were in high school. They mixed it with vodka anyway. Right. <laughs> well, sure. 
<laughs> so here's Sunny Deed Vodka Seltzers here. It's going to be available nationwide, I, I believe, this weekend. And we did get a hold of one of the commercials that actually did not end up airing. Here it is. We got soda, OJ, purple stuff, and two kinds of Sunny D. Two kinds. All right. Some kids love the rich and tangy taste of original Sunny Delight. Others go for the lighter texture and smoother orange taste of California style. Moms love the moms love the Sunny D vodka seltzer. You kids go outside and play. <laughs> it's mommy's juice time. Hey, your mom is cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sunny Delight, the good stuff kids go for. That was that was one of the. Rejected commercials. I think they should have uh, ran with it. To be honest with you, I think they'd sell more product. Would you? Would you be okay with like a a, a Kool Aid hard seltzer? You know, again, the idea of turning the drinks that you grew up with in your childhood. Yes, anything can be a mixer if you're brave enough. <laughs> so we need so to have that Kool-Aid, on a T-shirt. So for Kool Aid to maybe <laughs> so Kool Aid to market to uh, adults rather than kids, do you think it would be a good idea? Sure, you got grown-ups that play with Play-Doh now. Why can't they drink a kids' drink mixed with a little little something something inside of it? I'm down for that. Like anything mixed with Sunny D is probably good. Anything mixed with Kool-Aid, probably good. And then you could really take it next level. Remember during cartoons when we were kids, they taught you to take like the orange juice and put it in the ice cube tray yeah. and put it in the freezer with like a toothpick oh, and yeah. you'd have ghetto popsicles. <laughs> well, now you could do that with a little extra flavor to it, right? I mean, I mean, how about, you know, squeeze it vodka or, or Capri Sun hard seltzer? Yes Remember? and yes. You know, high C infu- whiskey infused high C. Bring it on. Okay. Bring it on. I am an old enough person to where I can make my own decisions. And if I want to buy high C and whiskey, then damn it, this is a free country. <laughs> Don't tread on me. Uh, uh, this TikToker says <laughs> she is a foolproof way to quiet down people in public places like on an airplane or a hotel. Tell me if this works for you. If you're ever at a hotel or I've used this on airplanes as well, where people are next to you and being really loud and rude and you like want to ask them to be quiet. If you say to them, hey, I'm sorry, could you please quiet down? I have to wake up really early for a funeral tomorrow. (laughs) Every time they immediately feel so bad and they will quiet down instantly. I mean, I feel like you could do that with anything, though. You can make up any excuse. It doesn't have to be, a f- I got a funeral tomorrow. Hey, would you mind quieting down? I've really got a scorching case of gonorrhea. Oh, e. <laughs> I, think, I think that would work just as well as, a, you know, hey, I've got to wake up early for a funeral tomorrow. I, I never would have <laughs> thought of it that way, but I think you may be right. <laughs> it's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. When St. Jude opened in 1962, childhood cancer was considered incurable. Since then, St. Jude has helped push the overall survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. St. Jude won't stop until no child dies from cancer. Join me today in supporting St. Jude by calling 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 to become a partner in hope. Your gift to St. Jude could last a lifetime. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! 
My name is Nigel. Hammer's over there. Oh, boy. China's getting squirrely. Uh-oh. Got to be careful. Got to watch out for China. China. Um, they've basically came out and said, their foreign minister said that Biden and uh, our administration and the conflict between China and the United States is becoming unavoidable. So the Chinese foreign minister, who I believe used to be China's ambassador to the United States, yes. and if they lived in Washington, D.C. at any point, they're allowed to vote in local elections now, but that's neither here nor there. But the Chinese foreign minister came out and said that Biden's competition is all around containment and suppression and a zero sum game and then goes on to say that china is not going to be responsible for a lot of things but they will respond with words or actions when slandered or attacked mm. tough talk from china right there yeah and everybody was all up in arms a, a day or two ago when the uh, president uh, uh, xi jinping i mean took like a like, he never mentions the United States by name, right? But he took direct aim at the United States in some speech that he did, and everybody's, like, freaking out about it. And um, it's got huge coverage. And, you know, whether you're talking about this Chinese foreign minister, what he had to say, or, um, or you know, G, G, President Xi mentioning the United States, you know, by name, um, I think the Chinese every day do everything they can to convey the message that they're at war with us in one way or another, in a roundabout way. A so, passive-aggressive so war. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, all this stuff we can be focused on right now, it's fine, but you should honestly, like, the Chinese seem to be telegraphing their intent to do everything they can to steal from the United States, to destroy the United States within, to to spy on the United States, whether you know whether it be industrial espionage to COVID or dragging us into a war, encourage you know giving arms to Russians, dragging us, uh, us into a war with Russia to Taiwan. That's the stuff we really probably big picture need to be concentrating on. And let's be honest, that spy balloon that made its way all the way across the country might as well have been a big floating middle finger. That's all that it was. <laughs> it was a big floating middle finger that we chose not to shoot out of the air. Isn't that crazy? It's I mean, unbelievable and, and, that that happened. And, and not only that, but they, the military or the government had its eyes on that balloon from the moment it took off. They knew where it was going. They knew where it was headed. They could have shot it down uh, over the islands in Alaska, and they chose, meh. Well, we're we're gonna spy on the spires. Okay. You know, forget about the fact that they they're stopping and take you know taking pictures over military installations and nuclear silos. I think so, what we need right now, just to kind of bring us a little peace of mind, and maybe the first step into a resolution, is a good old fashioned montage of the former president saying China. You go over to China, 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 China. I have to have my China. China. Whoa, that was like a steady, a steady dose of one-two punches with China, 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 China. I love my China. I miss mean tweets, cheap gas, and the way he said China. Yes. Come on back. Speaking of China. 
Let's check in with America's battle with COVID-19. COVID-19. Oh, I swear that I mean at this moment. Get them up. There are three vaccines. Three of them. China piss off. Now you've made the world cough. We're all nervous because of COVID-19. According to a new report, about a quarter of all parents are admitting to lying about their children's COVID-19 status. <laughs> Did you ever lie about your kids' COVID statuses? Well, no, I've never lied. And I was definitely I was definitely one to follow the protocol in our schools just, you know, because I I didn't I didn't want to put other people in bad positions and I didn't want to get I don't want to get caught lying about something like that. I never lied, but I also was never too eager to overly test my kids. Right. Every time they got a slight temperature or the sniffles. So no, I never um and I don't know that the only time the only instance that I would have had the chance to lie that I know of is my daughter had it early last year and we tested her and and she tested positive and she cleared it within a day. And but we, I of course I reported it though. Of course we kept her home, the protocol, whatever. Um, I think part of was on school break anyway. Right. But she had to stay out of school like a day or two. Look, man, I, I, I and I, I get it. I, I mean, I, I do get that. Why you know some parents, if their kids are asymptomatic, or I, I've never overly, I've never been an over tester though. At right. All. Hell, I've only taken two tests in my life. And this take thing's a test? <laughs> Why the hell would you take a test? Test? Why do you take a test? Uh, I'm with you. If the kids are healthy and the kids are fine, there's no need to test them constantly. Um, um, you know, look, I was telling you earlier, My unfortunately, my 11-year-old's down with the fever for a couple of days now, and, and we tested him, and it's negative. So he's, he's going to be fine. He's going to clear it, quite frankly. I don't know. Sometimes I look at these kids and how they clear COVID, and I, I'd much rather have them have COVID than the flu, right. which I think is what our son has right now because he is—he's—he's he's kind of down for the count. Uh, but man, my daughter's eight years old last year; she had it, and I mean, barely even noticeable. Um, but we did do—if if she had a—you know—she had a fever. We did. We wanted to know for sure. So, and I think that was more about, you know, just being, getting the kids back into school, right. right? And if you if you start telling lies and and going behind backs, I, I get it. I, I there's an aspect of that I totally understand. It's that it could even be. Rationed. I'm not even mad if you did though, because the schools lie to you sometimes. That's what's going on in Pendleton right now, and we're going to well, talk sure. to Tony Kennett about that coming up yep. later on. Yep. So yep. I'm not going to be judgmental either way. But, but, but this I new. Think, but ahead. I think you, I'm sorry, but I think you're like me. I've never been one to like a kid get to sniffle or a or if or they you know 99 and a half temperature. Then I'm not. I don't even know if we have any more tests. I think we used the last one this week. This new survey of 580 parents with children under the age of 18 found that 26% misrepresented or lied about their kids' statuses at some point. Well, we know that kids aren't vectors of this disease. We know they don't pass it to other kids very easily. Most of the time, they get it from adults in the first place. There's been studies that have shown that. So. They're not at risk. They're not at risk of death. They're not at risk of, of like I said, I, I think at this point, I'd much rather have uh, my kid have COVID than the stomach flu. Right. 
Uh, we're checking in on America's battle against COVID-19. Now, remember some of the restrictions in New York City. Remember the COVIDians in New York City? I mean, they were freaking out. You had to have a mask on to do times. anything. All times. Well, now New York City's mayor says because shoplifting and crime is getting out of control, he's asking shoppers to remove their masks when they go into stores now. <laughs> You can't make this kind of stuff up. My, how the tables have turned. In a radio interview, New York City's Mayor Eric Adams urged retailers do not allow people to enter the store without taking off their face masks because this will help prevent and identify shoplifters. Just imagine where we were even probably a year, year and a half ago. They wouldn't let you into a store if you didn't have to wear a mask. Now you're saying don't let them in the store if they're wearing a mask. <laughs> kids were being kicked out of restaurants. Oh, yeah. Because they did not have masks um, uh, on in kids, New York. Kids with special needs who were um, you know, two, three years old were being kicked off flights with their families because they couldn't get them to wear a mask. Crime trumps COVID, I guess. Now, this radio interview that Eric Adams did kind of caught a lot of people by surprise because yeah. he's been big on a lot of the COVID restrictions. Sure, yeah, yeah. But in case you missed it, here's a little bit of that radio interview with Mayor Adams. Take his mask and shut. Come on! Oh, you got me. That was a real clip. Y'all look at me like I'm from Mars when I don't wear it in the store. Out the door. Everybody, take his mask and shove it. I ain't wearing it no more. Emma and Nigel presents. Is. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Is this anything? A WIPC. Yeah, Hammer. How do we play Is This Anything? I will run some stories by you. You will break down all the information and tell us if the story is anything or not. So, a passenger on a flight from L.A. to Boston went on this crazy, disturbing rant threatening a bloodbath and that he would kill every man on this plane. So where's the Homeland Security with the gun? Because I'm waiting for them to point the gun at me so I can show everybody that I won't die when I take every bullet in that clip to wherever in my body they shoot it, and then I will kill every man on this plane. So where are they? Where's Homeland Security? Pull the gun. Pull the gun. Where are they? Uh-oh. I'm telling you right now. Hello. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> <laughs> to the I love that because a bunch of passengers on the plane just pummeled this guy. Good. He went for the the uh, the door on the airplane to try to get it open at one point, I think. And uh, just a side note, like when people try to do that, I asked, we, we've had um, one of our favorite guests, Mike Hatton, who was a retired pilot, commercial airline pilot on the show. And I asked, was that like actually possible to do at 35,000 feet? He's like, no, you can't, you can't open one of those things. Although I would certainly be disturbed at seeing somebody trying to do that. Right. So, yeah, of course, this guy should be immediately 
safely placed on the no-fly list, never again allowed to fly. Have fun on Greyhound um, when you're traveling throughout the United States. I don't care if you're uh, mentally incapacitated. Obviously, this guy had some issues in that um, regard. But sorry, if you know there's a possibility that you are going to freak out on an airplane, and whether this guy knew or he didn't know or he's crazy or not crazy, should never be let it on an airplane ever again. Imagine you're sitting on that airplane with little kids. And they have to watch that. I just imagine sitting there with my kids. They'd never want to get on a plane again watching this psycho. Would you jump in with the guys beating his ass? Yeah. I, I mean, I'd wait until like 10 other people got on top of him first. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. I'd stand in the back of the line. Sure. Come jumping in there like Macho Man yeah. Randy Savage off the top rope with the elbow. Is this anything? A Florida doctor of course, took to TikTok mm. to warn parents of the dangers of using a brush to clean off your barbecue grill. Oh. Apparently, a four-year-old patient had a metal wire oh, from the brush yeah. stuck in his throat. Here's the doctor breaking it down. A four-year-old boy who was at a barbecue eating when he suddenly grabbed his ear and started crying, complaining of ear pain. He had about a two-centimeter metal wire that was lodged in the peritonsillar tissues on the right, and he started oh. to develop an abscess around mm. it. And he had been eating a hamburger when this had happened. So the grill brush, the metal wires on the grill brush had become lodged in the hamburger. And when he ate the hamburger, it got lodged in the soft tissues. Oh, man. Yeah, oh. that's something. And I always thought, I'd always heard that about the, the the wires on the metal scrub brushes on your grill. But I kind of thought it was like a, a wives' tale, like an urban legend. Do you have one of those wire things to clean oh, yeah, your grill with? Yeah, I do, too. Yeah. I do, too. Um, boy, that sucks. And uh, here we go Todd Rakita how could you want to get rid of TikTok when there are Florida doctors giving great advice <laughs> on how to protect four-year-olds <laughs> now you just gave away all your information they've hacked your social security yeah, account right they can but shut down your phone at any moment <laughs> now they know that you like grill videos so they're going to bombard you with them uh for this next story oh. Allison can I get some mood music please I can make a living out of right 104.5 the bear my name's the ranger checking out a little clay walker here but i can make a living out of loving you that's right 104.5 the bear oh back to the ranger days that's right well played wish i could go back there sometimes actually <laughs> and just stay somebody leaked audio of clay walker swearing up and down while yelling at his bus driver i can whip your so one hand time behind my back. Don't say a word. Tomorrow, call your boss and get me an experienced driver out here because you are not that. And I've been trying to raise you up last night. And you're telling me I'm eating into your drive time. Told me you'd be here at 10 p.m. You were not here, you lying. So when I come out of that bathroom, get your ready to drive and drive me smooth. And you're going to regret it. Wow, Clay Walker? That's yeah. the, the guy that sang This Woman and This Man? <laughs> the tender romantic country song? The guy that sang I Can Make a Living Out of Loving You was berating his bus driver? It's almost like these guys portray themselves one way on stage and in the media. Of, you know, good old good old boys, you know, nice country folk. And then when they don't think the camera's on them, it's a totally different persona. Now... I will say that it went viral. Clay Walker 
is you know saying it happened well that that was a year ago and we've reconciled and we're friends i'm friends with the bus driver sounded pretty bad i don't know what the context was i don't know if this bus driver was an a-hole as well i'm only hearing a little bit bit of this but it shouldn't i mean everybody has their bad nights right everybody has their bad nights i I don't know if if you could make an entire judgment about you know you know semi-washed up country star clay walker so what i think you're saying is that we need great moments and yelling at your staff history that's exactly what i'm saying ladies and gentlemen msnbc's lawrence o'donnell stop the hammering (laughs) paul phil griffin i don't care who the you have to call stop the hammering the woman talking in my ear was talking about the Labor Day special. <laughs> That's how Matt Bear talks to everybody back in his section of the oh, traffic yeah, you center. Think Matt Bear is very laid back. No, no, he's a hothead. Great moments in yelling at your staff history on the set with Christian Bale. Yes. Am I going to walk around and rip your f- lights down in the middle of a scene? Then why the f- are you walking right through? Ah, uh, da 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 da, like this in the background. What the f- is it with you? Give me a. F- Answer. Oh, good for you. And how was it? Shake, man, you're amateur. Man, it has to be one of the ultimate all-time meltdowns. Maybe we should do that next year, all-time meltdowns. Meltdown madness. And last but certainly not least, great moments in yelling at your staff history, ladies and gentlemen, Bob Knight. I mean, if you're not going to recover Greg Graham, if you're just going to let him drive by it, if the rest of you are going to let him catch the ball outside the three-second lane and drive all the way in here without one guy challenging him, then I'm leaving and you f***ing guys will run to you can't even stop. Now, I'm tired of this shit. I'm sick and f***ing tired of an 8-10 record. I'm f***ing tired of losing to Purdue. I'm not here to f*** around this week. Now, you may be, but I'm not. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Did you know St. Jude has one of the largest pediatric sickle cell programs in the country? St. Jude freely shares the discoveries they make, and every child saved at St. Jude means doctors and scientists worldwide can use this knowledge to save thousands more children everywhere. Join me today in helping to fight sickle cell disease by becoming a partner in hope. Call now, 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show. Hey, Hammer's right over there. My name is Nigel, and we'll go to the DriveHubler.com hotline and bring on Rick Snyder, president of the FOP Lodge 86. Rick, how are you? Doing well. How are you guys? Rick, I want to play a piece of audio for you here real quick before we get started. Uh, This is the Washington, D.C. police chief calling for the need to keep bad guys with guns in jail, because when they're in jail, they can't be in the community. What we got to do, if we really want to see homicides go down, is keep bad guys with guns in jail. Because when they're in jail, they can't be in community shooting people. So when people talk about what we're going to do different or what we should do different, what we need to do different, that's the thing that we need to do different. We need to keep violent people in jail. Right now, the average homicide suspect, the average homicide suspect has been arrested 11 times prior to them committing a homicide. That is a problem. That is a problem. 
So, Rick, the FOP issued a statement earlier today calling on, you know, indie political leaders, the mayor, the city county council, the prosecutor to state whether they agree with the D.C. chief of police or not and why or why not. One, have you heard a response from anybody? And two, maybe just kind of drilled down into your statement that you uh, released earlier this morning. Well, I think the, the better question is, has the public heard anything from their elected or appointed leaders on this issue? Sure. You know, we've only been talking about this for the last three to four years. The chief of police in Washington, D.C. basically affirmed everything that we have been saying, uh, going all the way back to 2019 when Reverend Harrison and I stood on the street corner in downtown Indianapolis following a mass uh, casualty incident, a mass shooting. Now, here's the deal, guys. Uh you know, it, it sounds very familiar because it is a proven fact that if you lock people up, especially violent offenders who are accused or convicted of crimes with guns, they cannot and they will not injure people in the community again. And so what we have said is we want to know from our Indianapolis leaders, such as the mayor, the council leadership, the prosecutor, the chief of police here in Indianapolis, do you subscribe to the statement of what the chief of Washington, D.C. just said publicly? And if you do, tell us why. And if you don't, more importantly, tell us why. And uh, what's concerning is we've had a we've had three homicides in just the last five days, one in Irvington, one in downtown Indianapolis outside of Lucas Oil Stadium, where a suspect reportedly fled into the convention center, raising all kinds of security concerns. And then just last night outside of Howe High School. These are high profile homicides. But the fact is they're happening throughout our city every day, nearly in this community. And what we want to know is when politicians talk about gun violence, they're quick to do that, but they're very lax and and hardly ever talk about criminal violence. So we've called on them to provide data on the outcomes related to crimes involving the use of firearms. We called on the prosecutor, release the number of charges dealing with guns that have been submitted by the police to your office. Tell us how many of those did you file? How many of those did you no file? Once you filed them, how many did you Uh, Do I plea bargain on? And how many did you can get a conviction or a dismissal on? Those numbers are readily available and should be provided, especially from politicians who run around talking about the need for more gun control all the time because of this gun crime. Yet, what do you hear, guys? Crickets. We have a murder in downtown Indianapolis, a murder in Irvington, uh, a homicide in uh, outside of Howe High School. And tell me what quotes you've heard from any of your elected officials over the last five days when nearly 20 people have been shot in this city. And Rick, it's not just the elected officials, because I think if we're all being honest here, we know we're not going to get anything from the mayor, from the prosecutor, from folks like that. That's just how it is in this city. Does the business community have any sort of responsibility for speaking up? Because Nigel and I talked about this yesterday in regards to this murder this homicide that took place outside of lucas oil stadium where the shooter allegedly ran inside of the convention center this is a major deal this is a big time tourist area where if companies are thinking about spending their money coming to indianapolis they have to look at things like this but we don't hear anything from the business community but if it's something about abortion if it's something happening at the indiana state house we're real quick to hear from them then well don't forget guys in 2019 i marched myself over with reverend harrison to the indianapolis chamber of commerce and we had these discussions. They, form a, they formed a roundtable of all the relevant stakeholders involved uh, related to these issues. And after that meeting, not a word came from that 
and no further meetings occurred. It was at the same time we called for a commission on criminal justice outcomes. Crickets. You've got this incident outside of Lucas Oil Stadium that occurred the night right after the Pacers game where you had Will Ferrell, 50 Cent, other celebrities in town. And this is the image that gets put forward. Now, I know for a fact that business owners in downtown, especially small and medium-sized business owners, are up in arms about what's been occurring for the last three years. The question is, where is the corporate community? You know, the woke corporate community that had no problem speaking out when they're pointing fingers at police. What about when we're pointing fingers to public safety? And these are the questions that residents are having because we keep hearing from folks that they no longer come downtown, that they won't travel into the city for restaurants or sporting events because of concerns for their safety, specifically in downtown Indianapolis. Yet you see politicians in charge and their propagandists always try to diminish and, and, and downplay these issues when we raise them, such as when the subway cl- uh, or when the uh, Starbucks closed on the circle, when other uh, restaurants have closed and businesses have moved out of downtown. This is what they do. They downplay it and run propaganda against it. But you can't speak against the outcomes, guys. And this is what people know. So I think there's a lot of conversations going on behind closed doors. But I think victims and the residents and the business owners of this community deserve to know where their elected leaders stand and where their appointed officials stand on these very issues. And to have all this occur and your leaders are MIA, I'm not saying that it's not that you don't agree with what they're saying. They're not saying anything. Where are they? And then the final thing I would say is where are those taxpayer-funded peacekeepers we've all heard about? Violence interrupters, people making on average $55,000 a year in taxpayer funds, and they still won't release the names of those employees nor the geographic areas of responsibilities for them, and our officers have no idea who they even are, yet they're supposed to be assisting us in bringing down this crime and violence. Yeah, and totally right about the small uh, mom-and-pop business owners. I'm, I'm sure they're just as outraged as we are. It's the woke corpor- corporations that that it, we're hearing crickets from. And and I just, I, you know, the the passion from this Washington, D.C. police chief, Rick, is, is something I'd like to see out of somebody. I, look, I don't live in Marion County, but I've worked in Marion County all my life. My uh, family lives downtown Indianapolis, and, and I do feel... I feel like when my kids will go spend the night with their grandparents, I feel like, you know, guys, maybe just, you know, keep your head on a swivel. Sometimes Hammer and I get dinged for saying we're trying, we're fear mongering when we talk about the safety of this city. You know, somebody will tweet us a picture of them drinking a beer on Mass Ave in the middle of the afternoon saying, see, nothing, you know, this city is totally safe. Well, I want our city to be totally safe, but that is just not, as you say, it seems to be surging, not slowing in terms of crime. Surging and spreading, and yes. you got to be yes. you got to be concerned about what's occurring in the capital city of the state of Indiana, and especially for the suburban communities where this crime and violence is also spilling out into Johnson County, Hancock County, Hamilton County, Hendricks County. They're all feeling it, and they will tell you that we hear from them all the time. And and guys, it comes down to this: the number one responsibility of our leaders is public safety. You just saw the mayor of Chicago ousted because of this very issue and you had a it's not a political issue because you had another left wing democrat throw her out of office because he ran on a public safety first message why aren't we hearing that in indianapolis and seeing that backed up and at the same time guys we're seeing the perfect storm impd officers are heading for the exits like never before we're in a retention crisis where we can't keep the officers that we have let alone recruit new ones, and we're seeing crime and violence stats go through the roof. 
Victims and citizens and residents deserve better. Rick, last thing here before we let you go. Again, we're with Rick Snyder, president of the Fraternal Order of Police, Lodge 86. A couple weeks ago, I believe it was the IBJ, ran an article, and it basically was saying everything's fine downtown. Crime is down downtown. And when that article dropped, I know people were hitting you up on Twitter. They're hitting me up on Twitter. My case about downtown has never really been about sheer numbers, Rick. It's been about the tourist areas where we hope people come down, spend their money, come down with their families. It's the tourist areas that have become a problem. You had people murdered in front of the Hampton Inn. The bar district on that area of South Meridian was a problem. And now you have this murder here over at Lucas Oil Stadium. Canal. You don't yeah. see people getting gunned down in front of the Bellagio in Vegas all that that often there's crime in new york city but people aren't being shot dead in front of you know times square all that often it's the tourist areas here that are becoming dangerous and that's a bad precedent well it's the economy of your capital city is convention and tourism so there is a, a, a large incentive to ensure that there is a safe place in downtown indianapolis but guys i'm just as quick to say this that same level of protection should be occurring for every neighborhood in our city And what I'm telling you on behalf of the officers that risk their lives for this city is that we cannot hold it any longer. We are being cut off at the knees intentionally by a system that is set and designed to release repeat violent offenders back into our neighborhoods. And the chief of police in D.C. just came out, made it abundantly clear, affirmed everything that we're saying. And he said, if you want to drive down the homicide numbers, you keep bad guys with guns locked up. It's that simple. Rick Snyder, President, Fraternal Order of Police, Lodge 86. Rick, as always, tell your officers we support what they do, and we appreciate your time. Thank you, guys. God bless. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. It's time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Did you know St. Jude has one of the largest pediatric sickle cell programs in the country? St. Jude freely shares the discoveries they make, and every child saved at St. Jude means doctors and scientists worldwide can use this knowledge to save thousands more children everywhere. Join me today in helping to fight sickle cell disease by becoming a partner in hope. Call now, 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. For Biden madness. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Man, I'm a little upset. I, I saw the winner of uh, today's round of Biden madness, and um, I'm disappointed. It was an upset for sure. Every year a 12 beats a five, <laughs> and this year no. is no different. So let's recap what the clips were yesterday. Yesterday, the number 12 seed had just played its way into the tournament because this is something Joe Biden has said this week. Joe Biden speaking to a group of firefighters about an aneurysm and a headache that he once had. And I had uh, these terrible headaches, was diagnosed with having a, a, uh, anyway, (laughs) they had to take the top of my head off a couple times, (laughs) see if I had a brain. Quote, they had to take my head off a couple of times to see if I had a brain. And then the the, the, the anyway in there anyway. added to it. 
Now, that was the underdog yeah, yesterday going against the number five seed, something we say quite often. Again, the line Joe Biden was trying to deliver was, get ready, pal. <laughs> and he came nowhere close to that. Get ready, Val. You're going to end for a problem. <laughs> Get ready, Val. You're going to end for a problem. You're going to be in for a problem. Get ready, pal. You're going to be in for a problem. Get ready, Val. You're going to end. It's, it's one of my favorites, for sure. It's top five for me. And that's why it was a five seed. But by a tally of 54.4% to 45.6%, oh, we have our first upset in the tournament. Joe Biden saying <laughs> they took his head off a couple of times to look to see if he had a brain. Anyway. So that well, will advance. I, I'm, I'm disappointed. I, I thought, you know, get, get ready, Bal, was uh, going to be a bigger hit. But apparently the the people have spoken. And that clip from yesterday, the uh, take my head off to look for the brain, moves on to the round of eight. Well, it will take on the number four seed, America in a single word. Ooh. Ooh. Now, today's first round matchup features a good one. It's the seven seed against the number 10 seed. So let's start with the number 10 seed. This is when Joe Biden, who made it perfectly clear... It didn't matter about your qualifications. He wanted a woman of color to be on the Supreme Court. That woman's name is Kentanji Brown Jackson, okay? Kentanji Brown Jackson. Kentanji Brown Jackson. <laughs> can I can I, I hear that one more time, please, Allison? Kentanji Brown Jackson. <laughs> Kajan, Kajan, Kentanji, Drown Jackson. That's not even close. Okay. So that's the 10 seed. Now, in this tournament, we have 14 new clips, but we brought two back oh. from the previous tournament the champion and the runner up. The runner up is slotted in at the 7 seed. This is Joe Biden speaking to Charlemagne the God. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. Oh, strong matchup. So, wow. The 10 seed against wow. the 7 seed. The 10 seed, Kajan, Kajan, Kentanji, <laughs> Drown, Jackson. Against the number 7 seed, you ain't black. <sighs> How did he ever get away with that? How did the, the Charlemagne guy ever let him get away with that? <laughs> you, you're, you're not, you shouldn't identify as an African American if you vote for Trump, is what he was saying there. So Ice Cube I, is a white guy. I, yeah, that's what Joe Biden's telling me. I, I'm just, I, he didn't I, vote I, for Biden. I, I'm flummoxed, and I shouldn't be at this point in my career. What we do for a living, I, this stuff shouldn't surprise me, but it still does quite often. So the voting is live right now on Twitter, at Hammer and Nigel. I'll pin it to the top. The 10 seed against the 7 seed. Vote for the most ridiculous one you want to advance to the round of eight. Follow us, <laughs> like us, interact on Twitter, at Hammer and Nigel. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! Why did the White House press secretary... KJP, why did she say that fentanyl levels are at historic lows? Like what? Like what in the world? What planet is she 
she's living on. I mean, Hammer, it's I mean, it's one thing to to bend the truth or to spin it so you can perpetuate your own narrative, but to to flat out lie about fentanyl? Like <laughs> I, I mean, we're talking a lot about January 6th right now, yeah. right? You could argue that January 6th was or was not an insurrection. Each side could have a valid argument as to why they believe as such. With this, there's absolutely no way somebody could say, well, yeah, we are at historic lows of fentanyl because what? No. (laughs) No, you're right. There's bending the truth and there's being flat out full of crap. And Corrine Jean-Pierre is so bad at her job, she makes Pete Buttigieg look competent in his. <laughs> Corrine Jean-Pierre talking about the fentanyl crisis. Because of the work that this president has done, because of what we've done specifically on fentanyl at the border, it's at historic lows, historic <laughs> levels, uh, that we have been able to uh, record a number of personnel working to secure the border because of what we've been able to do. Uh-huh. Historic lows. If by lows she means highs, yeah. then maybe we got a ball game. 1,400 pounds of fentanyl were seized at the southern border in January alone. You're telling me, I mean, it's like the seventh month in a row where more than 1,000 pounds was was seized or uncovered or just, you know, found by the border patrol. And this is what the left is doing right now. They're just lying to you and hoping and praying you're too stupid to do any fact-checking on your own. Because let's go back uh, eight days ago. On March 1st, uh, the assistant communications director, Kate Bedingfield, was lying about the energy costs. Uh, to bringing down energy prices, which he's also done through uh, numerous actions he's taken over the last couple of years, to lowering people's utility bills. What? Nobody's utility bills are lower? Unbelievable. And again, there's a difference between bending the truth or having a debate about the truth and just being completely full of crap. So let's go through here and fact check <laughs> statement that the fentanyl crisis is under control and the numbers have never been lower. Last year, a record 110,000 Americans died from a fentanyl overdose. It's the leading, leading cause of death for Americans age 18 to 45. The number of pills flooding the U.S. remains at record highs. Here's a little piece of information from the spokeswoman of the Drug Enforcement Agency. Quote, Mexican cartels are killing Americans with fentanyl at catastrophic and record rates like we've never seen before. That's from the DEA. Here's more. The DEA administration's Rocky Mountain Division seized over 5.8 million potentially deadly doses of fentanyl last year. The division, which covers the states of Colorado, Montana, Utah, Wyoming, not border states per se, seized nearly 2 million pills and more than 150 pounds of fentanyl powder in 2022. I'm getting dizzy, I think. And by the way, those, like just that mom who lost her two sons to um, an overdose that was telling her sto- story in front of the committee. And then you remember uh, MTG suggested Biden was partially responsible and Biden like just laughed about it, kind of mocking what she was saying and 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 not in any way, shape or form compassionate to the mother who lost her sons. They didn't die of a quote unquote overdose. 
Her sons thought they were taking a couple of Percocet. They happened to be laced with fentanyl. They didn't die of an overdose. They died of intentional poisoning. They died of fentanyl poisoning. And that's what's happening in this country right now. People that think they're taking, I'm not saying, look, you got to make good decisions in your life. It's all about the decisions you make. But these, these kids, her two sons did not in any way, shape or form intend to take fentanyl. They were, they were poisoned by the cartels, by uh, quite often sometimes China, who was working in concert with uh, the cartels in Mexico to bring that product from China through the southern border. The DEA laboratory estimates that there's enough fentanyl in this country to kill every single American. So let that sink in for just a moment when you hear ha 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 up there pouting off about it's at historic lows. That's not even close to being right. That's the total opposite. And then something else she said, I thought it was kind of funny, like she was bragging, like, we've had record seizures of fentanyl over the past couple. You're bragging about that? You're bragging about record seizures of of fentanyl? Why do you think that is? Exactly. Why do you think there's people trying to get it through the borders? Because your boss's policies. Uh, And and just think, okay, if you're getting record seizures of fentanyl, what amount, what percentage is getting through? How much have, haven't they caught? Right. What kind of, uh, again, using the word got, a, got away when in, in terms of like a legal border crosser, how many gotaways with a fentanyl have gotten through the border, especially since you're having record seizures? Serious question for you, Nige. Do you think CNN is tanking on purpose? <laughs> You know, like, like like in football teams, yeah. like late in the year, they realize they're not going to make the playoffs. <laughs> the Colts have done this, the whole suck for luck campaign, yeah. right? We're going to just completely rebuild next year, and we're going to start from scratch. Do you think CNN is tanking on purpose right Why now? Why are you saying this? Why do you so think? they can fire everybody next year. Because the numbers are in of their primetime special they did on Monday with the good doctor, Dr. Jill Biden. It was called Jill Biden Abroad, and it averaged a dismal 368,000 total viewers. No way. Compared to, tech, <laughs> compared to Fox News airing Hannity that had 2.7 million and MSNBC's Rachel Maddow that had 2.3 million. So here are some things that beat <laughs> Jill Biden Abroad. This was their big primetime special. TBS midday reruns of Friends. <laughs> Investigation Discoveries, Murder Comes Home, Andy Griffith and Gunsmoke reruns on TV Land Classic, Hallmark's decade-old airing of The Golden Girls. Great series. Love The Golden Girls. Lifetime's Castle. These were all some of the basic cable offerings during the middle of the day that beat CNN's primetime interview with The Good Doctor. So you think they're tanking so they can fire everybody? Why are they waiting until next year? Why would you think? I mean, if they're really serious about going more centrist coverage, going back to hard news, then you wouldn't employ somebody like uh, Jim Acosta. He's still got a job there. Don Lemon still up there bumping his gums every morning with two women that he hates. That show's abysmal, and the ratings prove it. They're getting beat by gun smoke. <laughs> That's so good. That's so fantastic. I, I, do, I do love an occasional episode of Andy Griffith. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> That's embarrassing for that for that um, corporation. Sure. I think we need to stop down right now and uh, wish Allison, our producer, she's been on the job for a couple of weeks now, um, uh, happy International Women's Day 
to you. Oh, I thought you'd never say it. Oh, thank you so much. You've got your own day because you indeed are a woman, and I I I can give birth. I I don't, and you can give birth. (laughs) I don't want to agenda a sign, uh, but you know, I I think we've known each other long enough, and I am comfortable enough in saying Happy International Women's Day to our producer. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Now that was very thought out. That was yeah. very kind of you, Big Nige. Um, and as women continue to make many strong advances in the workplace and the world, as my wife has, yeah, sure. Here's a little reminder of what not to say uh-huh. on International Women's Day. This is my guys. Here's what not to say on International Women's Day. Let's celebrate International Women's Day. And remember, behind every successful woman is a cat. (laughs) It's International Women's Day. Send nudes. (laughs) It was supposed to be yesterday, but they took longer than expected to get ready. And that's what not to say on International Women's Day. So you're not supposed to say send nudes. No. Let me no, write no, that no. down because I've been I've been making that mistake for years. <laughs> All right, better put that in the notes or if here. Kentanji Chan Chan John Brown Jackson is celebrating <laughs> Women's Day, being uh, that she de- can't give the definition of a woman. Uh, well, she's not a biologist, Nige. What do you expect from her? She's oh, not a biologist. My mistake. Now, also, if you remember, this is kind of a historic date on the calendar. It was, I think, six years ago. They had the day without women. Do you remember this protest? I don't. So, a, oh, protest. Okay. It was on International Women's Day, and a day without women was a strike action that was held March 8th, 2017. Uh, the strike was organized by two different groups, the 2017 Women's March and a separate International Women's Strike Movement, and this was all because they were protesting the policies of Donald Trump. Ah, uh. How did okay. Donald Trump get viewed as somebody that hates women? Nobody's probably hooked up with more women in the White House <laughs> outside of Bill Clinton than that guy. I mean, he loves women. Let's be honest. He's got a long list of wives. He, that bra- would say. he, he brags about grabbing them in the bleep. <laughs> That's right. So in honor of this uh, historic date on the calendar, the six-year anniversary of A Day Without Women, Hammer and Nigel Records put together this commemorative album. Here at the Hammer and Nigel Show, we are celebrating the day without women, the only way we know how, in song. Hammer and Nigel Records proudly presents this amazing album dedicated to a day without women. All your favorite songs without the mention of woman or women. Take a listen. Yeah, she steals like a thief, but she's always a to me. Walking down the street. Hammer and Nigel Records, A Day Without Women, the soundtrack. To order, call now at 239-9393 or tweet at Hammer and Nigel. There it is. (laughs) So that's for you, Allison. That's for you. Happy International Women's Day. I'm speechless, truly. (laughs) 
How often do you regret taking this job, Allison? Uh, you know? Because you beat out a couple people to work on this show. It's true. People were willing to leave other radio stations to come work with us. It's true. And how often do you sit back, you know, look in the mirror and go, I made a mistake? Well, alcohol's involved with this show, so it's okay. Probably every time you let let a, a air biscuit fly in the studio, Hammer, she's like, well, what did I do? I do oh. find myself belching out loud. Because we're used to having nothing but dudes in here. And like, you know, I'll shotgun a beer, I'll have a drink of Gatorade or whatever, and I'll just let a big foghorn out there. <laughs> and then I'm reminded there's a lady in the room. And then I feel a lady. bad. There's Happy a lady. International Women's Day to me. <laughs> <laughs> Dreams come true for you, Every Allison. Day. I wonder if Jada Pinkett Smith is celebrating. Well, she's doing something. There's a report from People magazine that she wasn't real happy with the words from Chris Rock and his Netflix special. Don't say. Uh, He kind of went scorched earth really on her, more so her than Will Smith in that Netflix special. And people spoke to, quote, a source close to Jada Pinkett Smith. And she's trying to spin all this now that she's the victim in the whole thing. This is from People magazine? Correct. Oh, then it must be true. Quote, Jada has had no part in all of this other than being heckled. Chris is obsessed with Jada, and that's been going on for almost 30 years. Look where he chose to film his Netflix special, her hometown of Baltimore. Obsessed. I would have no idea where Jada Pinkett Smith was born. No, and I don't think Chris Rock does either. Yeah, and, and she has she has a lot to do with this. I mean, because she went public with her cheating on her husband Will Smith with who? I think her son's best friend. Right, and a, a complete cuckold, turning her husband into a, just a, a emasculating her husband, and then and then he did what he did at the Oscars last year after Chris Rock made fun of her. Right. So she's the victim in all this. She has, you know, been the unfaithful one more often than not I here. That was hilarious. And again, it necessi- it wasn't really comedy per se what Chris Rock was doing, but he was flaming Jada Pinkett Smith and her husband Will Smith in that Netflix special. If you haven't watched it, I'm sure you can probably go back and watch it now. He did it live this past Saturday. I'm sure it's up there now, but uh, there's some language. There's some filth, flarn, flarn filth, (laughs) especially when he's talking about those two. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. When St. Jude opened in 1962, childhood cancer was considered incurable. Since then, St. Jude has helped push the overall survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. St. Jude won't stop until no child dies from cancer. Join me today in supporting St. Jude by calling 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 to become a partner in hope. Your gift to St. Jude could last a lifetime. The Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel Jason Hammer, right over there with a special guest of the DriveHubler.com hotline. The most hated man in education. <laughs> he is oh. a investigative reporter for the Daily Signal. He was a longtime STEM educator for IPS, and he's the host of the Tony Kennett Show here at WIBC. Tony <laughs> Kennett joins us. Tonus, how are you? 
Excellent, gentlemen. Let's get to work. So, give us an update on a story we've been talking about for a while now. The situation in Pendleton where there's a popular school employee that sounds like she's about to get fired and the weasels that are running the show in Pendleton keep trying to stretch this out hoping and praying that the public forgets about it and doesn't show up angry to the school board meetings. So, very briefly, let's start at the beginning in case somebody's hearing this for the first time. Take us through what's happening in Pendleton. Absolutely. So, South Madison Community School Corporation parents reached out to us with an email in which uh, teachers were required to hide a kid's pronouns and name from their parents if they changed it for transgender reasons. Uh, So, we reached out to several staff at the school, many of whom said they wanted us to uh, remain anonymous because they were worried the school might come after them. Kathy McCord was a counselor who we reached out to who said, yes, this policy is real and uh, this gender support plan that we had obtained is, is real and uh, the school is hiding it from parents. And so that's all she did. She confirmed that it existed to us on the record and said that she didn't agree with it. She thought, you know, parents should be included in decisions that their kids make. Kind of a shocker. Uh, So Kathy McCord, who's worked at the school corporation for 25 years and is loved by pretty much everyone in the community, basically confirmed that this was real. We wrote the article on it, and then the uh, superintendent, Mark Hall, uh, who is a coward, uh, he immediately suspended her and basically recommended to the board that she be uh, terminated, uh, basically because she committed the grave sin of confirming a policy was on the books. Why do you, why do you call him a coward? Uh, he's a coward because uh, he told parents that there was a policy, then they told him that there wasn't a policy. Uh, also, he's uncomfortable with any of his staff uh, communicating to anyone outside of the school district. Um, he's also uncomfortable with his staff communicating to parents. He refuses to talk to anyone. So he won't back up his decision to want to fire Kathy McCord to anyone at all. Uh, he's just going to fire her because uh, he just doesn't like her. It appears, I mean, it, this is the wildest reason I've ever right. seen for firing a school. So the school's got this policy where they don't want to tell parents what's going on with their kids. Kathy says this isn't right, lets people know about that, and all of a sudden she's the villain here and they're trying to fire her. So fast forward to today, what's the latest on Kathy's position with the school? Right. So four months later, after uh, months of packed school board meetings, uh, Kathy uh, had a hearing this week in which she stood before the school board and and they had a closed conversation. Uh, By the way, there are two somewhat uh, conservative school board members on the board that have remained also completely silent throughout this entire thing and have refused to stand up for her. Um, They've been criticized by a former member of the school board who served last year. Uh, Anywho, so tomorrow night at 7 p.m. is the executive session in which the school board will officially vote whether to fire Kathy or to keep her on contract after 25 years of service. Uh, I'm going to be there. Uh, I would recommend that a lot of other people come as well to support Kathy. There may only be standing room at the administration building for South Madison in Pendleton, Uh, but we're going to find out just uh, what the school board is planning on doing. Last school board meeting, the president uh, basically threatened to fire any parent that disagreed with him, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating. He said that he would get any parent out of there, kick them out, have police haul their butts out. Oh, bring it on. Bring it on. Now, Tony, this meeting that's happening, uh, did you say tomorrow? 
Yes, that's correct. Tomorrow night. This meeting that's happening tomorrow night in Pendleton, this has been rescheduled time and time again. And it's the oldest trick in the book. The school board is hoping that the public loses interest and they stop caring about it. But it feels like that hasn't happened so far. Uh, Yeah, it seems that parents and community members are far more interested in making sure that good teachers and counselors stay in the district uh, rather than uh, sacrificing someone because the school board and the superintendents are uh, seriously a bunch of cowards. And I mean that I have never seen individuals treat parents and teachers and counselors so poorly. How these individuals got into positions of power, I'm I'm absolutely befuddled. Mark Hanna is a disgrace. I don't know how he survived as a principal uh, over at uh, over at New Pal as long as he did. He, uh, he's an absolutely horrible person. Man, I hope there's a big crowd there tomorrow night. I really do. I don't have a kid that goes to Pendleton. Oh, I don't yeah. really have skin in the game, but I don't like what's happening to somebody that's trying to do things the right way, and I hate the way the school board is just hoping people forget about it, so I hope that joint is packed tomorrow. I hope so as well. Uh, seriously, come on out. It's at the uh, South Madison Community School Corporation Administration Building in Pendleton. It's right off of the uh, first roundabout next to I-69 uh, near that exit. Does, um, it's at 7 p.m. Does, does Kathy have the votes to keep her job? Theoretically, she should. Uh, but unfortunately, what I have seen from the two, again, quote unquote, conservative members on the school board, uh, they have been very silent. They also haven't answered any questions. And uh, I'm going to wait to hold my final judgment until I see how they vote tomorrow night. Uh, but if they don't, then I mean, uh, every single one of these school board members should be voted out the next election. Every one of them. Well, and can I point something else out to everybody listening to this right now? You were the first person and to cover this this you and your outfit the daily signal i know noticed a lot of local media were on scene at the last school board meeting but you and this show were definitely the first to to cover this so um i definitely think that says something and i, and I really i hope tony i i, I want to say this with all sincerity I, I hope you're wrong i hope kathy gets to keep her job i hope they that the school board does find it in them to to um vote the right way you know on this don't you uh, I really do hope I'm wrong, guys. I, I don't want this to happen. Uh, you're, you're right, Nigel. Uh, CBS4, Fox 59, and uh, WTHR finally did cover this like three months, four months late. Uh, they covered it after it was revealed that the Indiana House was going to pass a bill that would ban schools from hiding things like gender support plans from parents. I mean, I'm happy they uh, finally jumped on board. Don't get it wrong. I'm happy they're yes. finally covering this, but we wanted to give you props for being somebody that has been on the front lines with this story from the very beginning. I mean, I would want to give them props as well if they actually covered the story correctly. But unfortunately, the articles that, again, that WTHR has published, as well as CBS and Fox 59 have published, they get the story wrong. They're very misleading. They make it sound like Kathy McCord sought out the media to expose the school. And that's simply not what's happened. And so now what we're seeing in Pendleton as a result, I would say, of their reporting and their irresponsibility is yard signs being stolen that say, keep Kathy supportive yard signs have been stolen by transgender actors. Uh, the police are currently investigating a series of things there. I mean, it's, it's really a scene of chaos over in Pendleton uh, because of some of the things the transgender activists are doing to try to intimidate those who support Kathy. Has Kathy McCord made any additional statements after her initial um, comments or have they, have they kind of kept quiet until after the, the hearing is over? 
Uh, so while a few members of Kathy McCord's family have spoken, uh, Kathy has elected, and, and I'll say wisely so, uh, to remain um, on the quiet side until the district uh, makes their decision. And I, I very much support that because uh, the last thing that needs to be done is the district, you know, Mark Hall's already shown that he's dishonest. The last thing we need is for him to have more ammunition to make up more fanciful stories uh, because, you know, she says that the sky is blue, so he's going to claim that she hates the color green or whatever nonsense comes right. out of that man's mouth. I got about a minute left here. In regards to this story, Tony, what was the vibe of the crowd that showed up to the previous school board meetings? The ones they've keep pushing off and pushing off. The one that's going to happen tomorrow. What can people expect if they attend this meeting? Well, uh, the last couple of school board meetings have been standing room only. Uh, the school district has refused requests of parents and Kathy's family to move the event to a larger venue. Uh, you can expect to be threatened by Mark Hanna, the school board president, just like last time. Uh, but as far as the ratio and the crowd, uh, what I saw last time was about 50 individuals who were supporting Kathy and about four people uh, who showed up against her. And, and one of them is a transgender activist who tries to shut the lights off on people as they speak. That's what you can expect. Did you happen to see Tucker Carlson and the newly released footage from January 6th? Uh, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy gave Tucker Carlson and his staff this footage. They took a couple of weeks to look through it, and it looks like the the, the narrative for the Democrats and the January 6th committee has been blown apart. I'm curious as your thoughts and your reaction to other people's reaction to Tucker Carlson <laughs> exposing these videos. So I actually sat down and, and watched the clips and actually tried to watch as much video as I could without the commentary, which is kind of a difficult oh. thing to do. But a lot of us over at the Daily Signal, we sat down and we tried to actually sit through and watch a lot of it. And we discussed a lot. We said, hey, what is that person? What are they wearing? How are they comporting themselves? And the decision that I came to personally, this is not from the Daily Signal. This is not from the Heritage Foundation. Myself, personally, after looking at this footage, I feel like I've been lied to over the last couple of months. Big, huge show. I was told very surely by the January 6th committee that these violent, wild, insane, feral people ran through the Capitol and they were brandishing knives and, and flags of revolution and toppling over seats and breaking down doors. And what I'm actually seeing in the footage is police officers calmly escorting a lot of people taking a, uh, let's call it an unsanctioned tour, a visitor's tour through the U.S. Capitol. Uh, I am really disappointed in the number of people on the right who are, cry are trying to tut-tut the Republicans who are flipping on this issue and saying, yeah. well... Oh, Mitch McConnell's know. the worst. Cocaine oh, yeah. Mitch. I mean, we knew he would kind of be this way, but he is very outspoken, very adamant about the atrocities being committed by Tucker Carlson for showing people <laughs> what they weren't allowed to see. It's so absurd when you put very, it that way. It's, it's hilarious. There's a very clear reason that this annoys me, because it's not because they have looked at the videos and they've come to a different conclusion. There was an article in the National Review about this that I vehemently disagreed with that basically said, well, Republicans really shouldn't pony up and, and kind of turn their attention towards you know yelling about 
about January 6th because uh, you see, actually, the video doesn't show that. No, that's not their concern. The reason that a lot of establishment Republicans don't like people like Tucker Carlson going out is because this message in 2022 did not do well at the polls. That's what they're worried about. They're worried about voters. They're not worried about the truth. They're not worried about what actually happened at the Capitol. They're worried because suburban women really don't like the January 6th thing. And so they're thinking, well, Hmm. we'll just kind of play this middle ground and look really sane and mature. Never sacrifice truth ever. I refuse to sacrifice what actually happened for the whims of what's convenient at the polls. That is a terrible, that's a politician, right? I mean, that's a used car salesman. I, I prefer, at least in my reporting, to stick with what's honest and true. And then if voters don't like it, well, I'm I'm sorry, I can't change what really happened. What are you working on at the Daily Signal, Tony? Uh, I've got a couple of interesting pieces coming down uh, the pike. One is an investigation into states that are starting a second Department of Education. They're like doing state-sponsored preschool now. And you guys should see some of the standards they're coming up with. So making sure that kids that are three and four years old are taught about sex and gender and all other kinds of crazy stuff. And they would actually have, at least in Colorado, the authority to shut down Christian daycare centers because they refused to teach little kids about uh, dudes not cutting off their penises when they want to be women. Unbelievable. All right, you can catch his work on The Daily Signal, or you could hear him right here on 93 WIBC and The Tony Kennett Show. Tony, thank you. Thanks, gentlemen. It's The Hammer and Nigel Show.